You're listening to the Faith Roots Audio Podcast with Pastor Willie George. You can watch the full video version of this episode and join the conversation with your comments on the Faith Roots YouTube channel. Simply search Faith Roots on YouTube and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now, here's Pastor Willie George with today's message. I'm Willie George. Welcome to this edition of the Faith Roots Podcast. We're talking about how God turns curses into blessings. And this is our third lesson on the life of Joseph, who so beautifully illustrates this. So we're going to go to Genesis chapter 42, verses 1, 2, and 3. And let me tell you where we are in the story. Uh, Joseph interpreted the dreams of Pharaoh. He told him, we're going to have seven fantastic years of uh, harvest, lots of food. During this time, we need to put back 20% of everything that we take in so that we will have plenty to cover ourselves during the seven years of famine that are coming. And so Pharaoh heard that. It agreed with him. Joseph also had a solution for Pharaoh, and that always gets you favors when you bring a solution to your boss versus just talking about a problem. Had Joseph talked just about the problem, he might have been set free, but it was his solution that got him promoted to be Pharaoh's minister of agriculture. So that's very, very important. So let's begin reading in Genesis chapter 42. Now the famine has hit. We're two years into the famine. And the scripture says, when Jacob saw that there was grain in Egypt, Jacob said to his sons, why do you look at one another? And he said, indeed, I have heard that there is grain in Egypt. Go down to that place and buy for us there that we may live and not die. So Joseph's 10 brothers went down to buy grain in Egypt. Now, when Joseph, who was in charge of selling grain to the foreigners, when he saw them, All of a sudden, he remembered the dreams. He might well have kind of put the dreams on the back shelf. I'm sure he didn't forget them, uh, but he probably didn't think about them all the time. The scripture says in verse 6 of Genesis 42, Now Joseph was governor over the land, and it was he who sold to all the people of the land. And Joseph's brothers came and bowed down before him with their faces to the earth. He saw his brothers and recognized them, but he acted as a stranger to them and spoke roughly to them. Then he said to them, where do you come from? And they said, from the land of Canaan to buy food. So Joseph recognized his brothers, but they did not recognize him. Now this is fascinating because what Joseph does here, even though he's in a position of great power, he very carefully creates circumstances to get his brothers to repent. And this is really gracious of him. He could have struck out at them. He could have immediately identified himself. Had he done that, I don't think that they would have come to favor, uh, that they would have believed, uh, don't think that they would have accepted him. Uh, They would have been totally fearful. It was Joseph working slowly to show the goodness of God to his brothers uh, that caused them to repent. And the scripture says that. It is the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. Another thing that's important Joseph has not only to deal with the brothers, 
but he's also very much concerned about his father. He had no way of knowing whether or not his father was alive at the time, and he's also very concerned about his younger brother, Benjamin. And so he's dealing with his brothers from a place of strength and from a place of authority, yet he doesn't tip his hand, doesn't tell them who he is, and he's very carefully leading them to a place of restoration. Now, this is important. Just because you know something, just because you have insight into something, doesn't mean that you share everything that you know with everybody else. In fact, Jesus said to his own disciples right before he went to the cross, he said, I have many things to say to you, but now you are not able to bear them. When you unload heavy truth on people who are not yet ready to receive it, you're making a huge mistake. Many years ago, I was a young pastor, and our church did not tithe. The leaders of the church where I worked were telling me how pitiful the giving was. And I thought, I can fix this because I was a tither, I believed in tithing, and I prepared a message one Saturday that I could take to the church and let them have it and teach them about the importance of tithing. As I was studying this message and laying it all out, I had an amazing sense inside me, don't do this. And it was so strong, I just went back to the Lord and said to Him, everything I'm doing here is scriptural. Why do I have such a sense of foreboding about this, that I should not do it? And here's what he put in my heart. They don't yet know you. They don't yet trust you. You're a brand new pastor. If you come in with heavy responsibility at this stage of your relationship with them, they won't receive it. Don't preach this now. So I didn't. I changed my message and preached on something else. And for the next several months, our giving continued to be really bad. But then after a number of months, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, Now, preach your message on tithing. The people believe in you. They have seen goodness in you. They trust you as a shepherd. It will be totally different now. So I preached a message on tithing. And the giving in our our church increased 400%. It was unbelievable. But it had to do with me waiting for the right time. Just because you know something doesn't mean you need to tell everybody. That's what happened with Joseph. He very, very carefully dealt with his brothers. Now, he wanted to get his younger brother Benjamin down into Egypt so that he could see that Benjamin was taken care of. The other thing he wanted to know is, how are these 10 brothers treating my kid brother Benjamin? Are they cruel to him like they were cruel to me? He had to know. So he asked them about their family. They said, we have an older father. We still have a younger brother, and one of our brothers is missing. And uh, he's dead. He's not anymore. And so he, of course, knew that they were lying about that, and they were covering their own tracks. But he thought of a way to get Benjamin into his presence. He said, I want you to go back, 
and I want you to bring your younger brother with me to show me that you're not lying. And then he took Simeon, the second brother, and bound him and threw him into prison before their eyes. Now Simeon was the angry brother who was responsible for killing all of the people of Shechem. Uh, He was really ruthless with his temper. His own dad prophesied about him. Jacob did and talked about how cruel his anger was. Levi or Levi was also like that, but the leader of the pack was Simeon. When the brothers saw Joseph coming to check on them when they were in Dothan, it was Simeon who led the charge. Let's kill him. He's the one who wanted to do it. Reuben didn't want to do it. But Reuben had lost his moral authority because of sex sin, and the brothers didn't listen to him. So Simeon was the guy who wanted to see that uh, Joseph was killed. He wanted to see him die. And so God used Joseph to take the starch out of Simeon by putting him in prison. And when he did this, it broke the hold, that stronghold of anger that sometimes roused the brothers and caused them to go the wrong direction. He broke that over their lives by putting Simeon in prison. Now, he did this for Simeon's own good. He didn't mean harm to Simeon, but what he wanted to do was turn them around, and by humbling Simeon, he had a way to get this done. Now, when they went back to to their father, uh, Jacob was devastated that they had taken Simeon, uh, and he definitely did not want Benjamin to return, but they had no choice. And so sometime later, probably several months, uh, they had to go back down to Egypt. They were out of grain. They had to go back and get more. And so Judah stepped up to the plate and said to his father Jacob, I will be surety for Benjamin. I will give my life in place of his. I will not allow anything to happen to him. If something happens, I will stand in the gap for him. That's what he did. So he goes back down to Egypt with Benjamin, and when Joseph sees Benjamin, it just absolutely uh, breaks his heart. I mean, it just really gets to him. And uh, so uh, he had to go in the other room and hide his weeping because he loved his younger brother so much. And so what he did is he set up a plan to begin to show (laughs) these guys what they'd done wrong. And it was very subtle. He had a banquet, and he prepared this banquet and ordered them to it, and he too would be there to eat with them. Now, this was something that Egyptians didn't do. It was a taboo for an Egyptian to eat like this with strangers, and uh, they just didn't do it. But Joseph did this, and so they knew they were favored. They were a little shaky uh, when this happened in the first place. The other thing that he did is he put them around the table in their birth order. And they were looking at each other like, how does he know this? And then he ordered five times as much food to be given to Benjamin as to all the rest. And so he was doing some things to work on them, to get them to begin to think that something unusual was happening. When it was time to go, 
he put all of their money back in their sacks. So they were carrying their grain and their money. But he did a little something different. <clears throat> he put his own cup into the sack of Benjamin, and he let them go. And as they have gone a day or so away from <clears throat> Joseph's house, he sends his men after them, and his servant accuses them of stealing his cup. Of course, they're certain that they didn't steal the cup, and so they tell the, the servant, we didn't steal the cup. But when the cup spills out of Benjamin's sack, they have a conniption fit. I mean, they're scared to death. And now they don't know what they're going to do. They are brought back to Joseph, and as they are discussing this, they're all admitting, we brought this on ourselves. We threw our brother into that pit, sold him as a slave. They didn't think that Joseph could understand them. And what he can see in all of them, they are repenting and showing a totally different attitude toward Benjamin that they held toward Joseph. They're not about to let Benjamin go to jail. Judah steps up and said, let me go in place of the lad. If he doesn't go back to his father, it will kill our dad. So take me instead. Judah, of course, is the family of the Savior. This is a picture of Christ coming through the line of Judah. And so what we see is when this happens, Joseph can no longer bear it. He sends all the Egyptians out of the room, and he speaks to his brothers plainly in the Hebrew language. I am Joseph. Wow, what a time that must have been. It had to be incredible. But what I want you to see from this, he didn't just jump into this moment. He carefully worked this. So it says something to me that during this process of turning curses into blessings, there may be a sequence of steps that take time. It may not happen overnight. There may be times when you would like to see God turn a circumstance around a whole lot quicker than what He does. But because God's primary concern is salvation, He works His plan because He is working through people. And He doesn't just do things because He can do them. He has to gently lead people along so that they can get into a position to receive. God does turn curses into blessing, but again, it is through a process. And that's what we see through this story of Joseph and his brothers. That's all the time I have for this one, but we're not done. We'll see you in a few days. I want to thank you for watching our podcast today. And if you really liked it, would you please give us a little thumbs up by clicking on that sign down below. And then I would encourage you to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any of our future podcasts because they're all going to be good. And if you would like to support us financially, either with a one-time gift or recurring gift, you can do that by clicking on the link below are going to MyFaithRoots.com. Thank you so much for watching this program. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Ratings and reviews help us reach more people 
So take a moment to leave a review on your podcast app and consider sharing an episode with a friend or family member that needs to be built up and encouraged in the Lord today. Thank you for listening.